gonna be magic. It's always magic. Uh, and if it's not magic, we'll edit it. So, and, and we can edit it to magic. So exactly. That's so. Yeah. Oh, I got a view. Yeah, but you're gonna have another one. I was with you when you bought that play. <laughs> <You don't have laughs> I'm not a fan of vodka shots, but I can get behind. We make drinks and then we pour a shot, and then we take a shot and we drink vodka drinks. So what you're saying is we're smarter than Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> Alright, welcome to Bar Tales. My name's Colton. This is Aaron. And uh, today we're going to give you the show where you get to meet the people who work at the places that you go to after work. To forget about work. To forget about work, to... Anything. Forget about anything. Yeah, no, just mostly forget about work. Yeah, or unload your, you know, stress and tales of life. Uh, today we have our first interview. It's with our good friend Big C. He's got a great story. He, uh, we might have hinted that he might be doing the radio, so he came with it. Yeah, he had a great narrative. Uh, Aaron, how are you feeling tonight? Oh, uh, I feel okay. I started drinking vodka waters, trying to lose some weight. Yeah. You're looking a little bit pudgy. Way to be a dick. Yeah, I do what I can. <laughs> How are you feeling? Oh, I'm I'm very drunk right now. <laughs> uh, anyway, here's our interview with Big C. We hope you like it. Pilot episode, we will... Oh, we're getting equipment right now. We're just recording on a $30 recorder. Sounds like shit, but trust me, if you find this any somewhat interesting, the next episode's going to be with equipment that... Our audio is going to be a lot better. The next episode is going to sound hella better. So that's good. Uh, anyway, hella. here's our interview with Big C. Hope you guys like it. Have a swell day, I guess. Sure. I don't, I don't like that sign-off, but I'm going to stick with it. Just for tonight. Yeah. All right. Peace out. He just lays into the guy. He's just like, this is... Fake. Like, no, this is not how this works. <laughs> this is fake. You're full of shit. Get out of here. And the other the other sharks are just like, no, just let him finish his face. Like, no, he's scamming us. Like <laughs> <laughs> I love Mark Cuban. He's he's a real piece of shit, but he's funny when he does it. Are we recording? Yeah. Alright, well let's do this. Ready? Yeah. Hey, see. How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? We're okay. We're okay. <laughs> uh, so, how long ago did you start bartending? You said it was at your grandfather's bar? Yeah, I actually, very, very first, my grandfather bought his bar in 1963. Wow. And it's been in my family ever since. When I was a little kid, I was raised in Corpus, but my, I was born in Minnesota. Rural, rural, rural town of 600 people, and we own the restaurant, bar, and banquet hall. And that's just been in the family ever since. My aunt runs it now. When I was a kid, it was my grandfather and my aunt that ran it. Um, and they would have all of us huge Irish Catholic family. All of us kids, we were 
busboys and dishwashers and barbacks. And I started barbacking when I was 13. Okay. Wow. Um, and the first, the very first time I poured a drink, I'll always remember it was busy, like Saturday night, and there was a big family reunion, one of the big families in town. Way more people than my grandfather expected that was shorthanded. So he came up to me, and he's like, hey, get over here. He waves me over, and he grabs Bob cheap bottle of whiskey, and sets a, a rocks glass on the table, and goes, you take the bottle, you hold it at a 45-degree angle, count to five. I was like, no, 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 no. No way. My mom's going to kill us. And he goes, no, we're busy. I need you to do this. I was like, mom is going to be pissed. She's, and he's like, I'll deal with her. You take the bottle, hold it at 45 degrees, and go. I was like, ah, okay. So I take the bottle. I count out five. It's like, you counted too slow. Way too slow. So it's another glass down. It goes, all right, one, two, three, four, five. It's like, okay, that's perfect. The smaller one's your shot. The bigger one's my shot. Take your shot and go to work. <laughs> Shit. How, old, how old were you? I was 14 months old. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. uh, and after that, he realized that I could actually do it. Um, and for the most part, most, I mean, I was a teenage bartender. Most of the time, I was just talking to guests. I mean, that's you know, a small town bar. That's 90% of the job. Yeah. Everybody's family. Everyone knows each other number of people that were in the bar that, you know, went to high school with my parents yeah. or, you know, farmed with my other, the other side of my family, my grandfather's family, you know, it, it's all locals. And that's where I learned really, really learned customer service. And that's the biggest part of our job. We're the front line of customer service because we, we, we make our money off of tips. Yeah. If I can't make you happy, I can't pay my bills. Yeah. For and sure. It never works. Ah, Definitely. So when did you uh, when did you leave Minnesota to Corpus? I mean, I was two when my parents moved down south, but I spent every summer there from probably five until I graduated high school. Okay, okay. So you always went to your grandparents for the summer. Yeah, my parents would ship both me and my brother and my sister off. That's how um, my family did too. Yeah, <laughs> I helped run a bed and breakfast for six years. Yeah. <laughs> the same it's, way. <laughs> it's so much cheaper to make my grandparents pay for my food all summer than to pay for it themselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I came to Denton for college in 2000, and have been here ever since. And then that's when you started Chili's. Yeah, I, uh, I went around town, you know, good old college town. There are lots of bars, and every bar it's, I walked into, they're like. You're a bartender? Yeah, yeah. I've bartended for four summers straight. You're 18 years old. (laughs) (laughs) And nobody would hire me. And I was like, come on, I really have experience. I really can do this. And everybody just laughed me out of the room. Um, Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) There's just no way anybody on Price Street is going to hire an 18-year-old bartender. (laughs) Didn't matter what I could do. Um, so a couple different places offered me a job as a bouncer or a door guy, but I didn't want to make minimum wage. This is, you know, 2000 minimum wage was five fifty an hour. Yeah. yeah. I could not pay my bills in five fifty an hour. So I looked around at the restaurants and there was a corporate restaurant in town that everybody knew and everybody went to. And that's where I headed. I knew there was money there, but they would not let me bartend either. I had worked there for four years before I moved into the bar. I was a server full time. Oh, wow. So you're 22. I was 22 when I started bartending in debt. Your real bar, bar job. Yeah, my first actual. <laughs> yeah, my grandfather never paid me. I didn't get. <laughs> I, I didn't get a, a, a share of tips at the end of the night. I got a good, good work, son. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> great job. Yeah. So, 
what was your very first shift like? Uh, are we talking like as an adult or when I was young? No, as an adult. Like, yeah, let's as go an when adult, you started getting paid. The paying game. <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's a good over a decade ago, 10, 12 years. I barely remember it. Um, I had been working at Chili's for a long time and I was part of the corporate like training crew for servers. Um, and I actually had to threaten to quit before they would allow me to bartend. Um, because I like, I'm a, I'm a big, fat, hairy guy. I'm not the traditional definition of corporate restaurant bartender. Yeah. yeah. For those of you listening, see if you don't know him is actually like mildly terrifying on site. <laughs> <laughs> I like to consider myself a big teddy bear. But, oh, absolutely. But if, I didn't knows, know, if I didn't know you, <laughs> if you came up to me and you're like, hey, get the hell out of this bar. I'd, yes, sir. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> Just don't hit me. <laughs> Thankfully, I didn't have to do a lot of that when I was a corporate bartender. Right. Um, the transition was really easy to me because I'd had to um, talk about all the drinks and all the liquor when I was training servers. They don't have bartenders trained servers. They have servers trained servers. Right. But we still have to sell the alcohol. So I knew what was in everything. I just had to memorize the proportions. And that was, you know, I was, I was motivated. It was more money. Yeah. Um, and at the time I was in college and trying to get my way through college. Um, and I just, it was, it was worth it. So it was actually a very simple transition. I honestly don't remember the early shifts because it was just so seamless from waiting tables. Was there any chilly shift that stuck out at all? Oh. I would say the most interesting shift I ever did, um, Michael Irvin came in. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he, I, I'm not a sports person. I didn't know who he was. Mm. So I asked for his ID. He's like, really, dude? You need my ID? And I was like, yeah, man. I need everybody's ID. It's a dry county. <laughs> <laughs> and even after he gave me his ID, I didn't know who he was. <laughs> um but he was in there and, you know, he ordered a couple drinks and some food. And all of a sudden, people just come up and start talking to him. It was a busy shift. Um, I was like, what's going on? Why are these people talking to this guy? Another, another server was like, oh, my God, is that Michael Irving? And I was like, who is that? <laughs> like, yeah. It's and they're like, name. oh, man, you're the worst sports bar bartender ever. <laughs> and when I finally figured it out, I was just watching and. I actually kind of felt bad for him because he couldn't even eat his meal. Yeah. Oh, People wow. would just bother him, bother him, bother him. So I actually, like, being a little intimidating, not even as big as Michael Irvin myself, but I was like, hey, y'all folks, leave him alone. He's just eating dinner. Yeah. And it was kind of like, he winked at me. We were like, thanks, man. <laughs> uh, and then tipped me 15%. No, <laughs> of course. But, I mean, you know, individual tips, I don't care. I'm, a shift is a shift. If I have 40 people through and everybody tips 15%, I'm still in You're still money. making decent money. I'm still yeah. going to survive. That's, that's funny. Uh, pizza place I worked at when I was in high school, Deion Sanders used to come in and throw like his kid parties there. Oh, yeah. And he walks in the door one time and I'm talking to him and I'm just giving him the rundown of everything. And he's like, okay, cool. And it was like the first time he had been there. So he's trying to get prices. I'm telling him price points. He goes, all right, cool. Thanks, man. And he walks out. And my boss walks up and goes, what the hell did you say to him? Nothing. <laughs> I just told him all the price, price points. This is Anytown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, Aaron worked there too. 
And he's like, what the hell did you say to him? I was like, I just gave him all the information he needed. And he said, okay, cool. And he called. He goes, do you even know who the hell that was? Hell. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's one of the big points of really good customer service. I'm going to take care of everybody who walks in my door. Yeah. yeah, all the same, no matter exactly. who it is. I don't care if you're famous or if you look like you just, you know, got off of work in some factory shift. Yeah. Whatever you do, whoever you are, I'm there to make you laugh and make you a beer. Oh, yeah. That's my job. Absolutely. Yeah. And you that's friends with everybody. Yeah. yeah you don't want to pay extra attention to somebody who might be a celebrity yeah. just because they get, they, they get that shit. That's their life. Sure. All the time. Yeah. Any any encounter that I've had with someone that I didn't know who they were was always like, hey, thanks for not... Thanks for being cool. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, I thought you were just some jackass off the street, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, on top of that, I've been very lucky to work in lots of places that are very busy. I don't have the time to... No, yeah. If somebody special comes in, just donate all of my time to that one person for a shift, I can't do that. No, absolutely not got to keep moving for one move. tip yeah and even if it is a big tip yeah. Is the, like, even if, yeah even if they're the guy that tips 100 on 15 that's not anything in the grand scheme of things if you've got 50 other people to deal mm-hmm. with and if i piss off those 50 other people they'll never come back yeah that's one 100 tip if they tip that yeah but if i take care of everybody make everybody happy and that's the point like people go to a bar to relax get away from their problems and hang out yeah yeah, you're like their personal therapist, cheapest therapist. I like to consider myself more of an event planner. Okay. My job is to throw a party every day. Every right day I'm there to make people have fun. That's that why makes sense. Even, even if you're going to the bar because you had a bad day and you just want to drink it away, you really want to go to the bar to have fun. Yeah. yeah my job sure. is to make you happy. Yeah. No, that's very true. Yeah, definitely. That's why I'm always at the bar. (laughs) Every day is a bad day. (laughs) Even the bad days are good days, though. There's always something something going on, something interesting to talk to, a story to tell. Oh, for sure. That's why, I mean, yeah, that's why we're in there. We're up at the bar all the time. There's always somebody to meet. That's that's why we want to start this show. There's always something. There's a story. There's, and if something happens, there's never a shift that just goes... There, with with nothing, something happens. There's never been bad. a there's never been a shift that was entirely smooth. There's never been a shift that was entirely boring. Yeah, it just doesn't happen in a good, busy, especially neighborhood bars. Bars where people people live close and they mm-hmm. go there two, three times a week. And most of the the bar I work at now, most of our people only drink two, three, four drinks at a time. Yeah, but they'll stay there for three, four hours, and all their friends come in. And they all come hang in. out. Yeah. And we're all, it's, it's very connected. I mean, in the last year and a half, I've been to four weddings of people who are regulars of mine. Yeah. You know, we go to baby showers and baby's birthdays, graduations. It's our family. Yeah, it's just an we're extended all, family. We're all family together, and that's the point of a really comfortable bar. Yeah. It's not really about getting drunk. It's about having fun and entertaining other people and just, you know, being a community. And hopefully getting a little bit drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Responsibly. Yeah. Responsibly okay. drunk. Yes. Um, all right. So Chili's, is that when you made the transfer over to... Uh, I actually worked at Applebee's for four years. Okay. Um, 
And you just bartended at Applebee's? Um, I started, they wouldn't let me start in the bar. Corporate restaurants just don't do that. Right. Oh, okay. Um, but I started, I got let go during the recession in 09. Um, I got too expensive for Chili's. I'd been there so long. <laughs> I had certifications and everything. They would give me certifications in and I got benefits and they didn't like that. Yeah. So they were, right. they replaced me with a younger model. <laughs> it's actually Younger, somebody cheaper more fuel efficient <laughs> in irony it's actually a bartender i work with now um mm-hmm. her name is clarissa oh, oh was, really she was my replacement oh wow i want i always um, wondered why y'all didn't have crossover stories yeah um she was a server we were you know friends back then um she was a server with me probably for about a year and a half to two years um and <laughs> Her first day of training, I was supposed to train her, and instead they decided to fire me. Oh, wow. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Train her real good. (laughs) I'd been in Denton at that point for nine years, and I was well-known as a, you know, I was a daytime bartender mostly, Mm -hmm. um, but it was well-known that I, you know, I, I had a crowd, and people loved coming in and hanging out, you know, happy hour times and lunchtime, however it worked for them. Um, and when I walked into Applebee's and asked for a job, another friend of mine who actually also works at the current bar I work at, Valerie, oh, okay. was the head bartender at Applebee's. And she just happened to be working a day shift. And the conversation, actually, I don't think she was working. She was just hanging out. Um, and she was like, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be at work right now. I was like, well, I'm, I'm looking for a new place. And she was like, you're looking for a job? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Literally dragged her general manager over to me and was like, this guy, I sit at his bar. People have fun with him. It's a party. Everybody's good. Everybody's happy. He sells more than anybody you know. Hire him. Hire him now. And he looks at me. He's like, well, I'm not looking for a bartender. I was like, fine. I'll wait tables. Mm-hmm. I know how to do that. I've done it before. It's the same. It, it's very similar. It's very similar in that any bartender, if they want to, can wait tables. Not anybody who waits tables can bartend. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, it is. It is a step up. It's more. It's more personal being a bartender. It's you a different to, rhythm. Yeah. You have to pay more. Then you attention can't really to walk away from the situation like you can when you're waiting a table. You can just be like, oh, I don't want to talk to you guys. Yeah. Anymore. <laughs> exactly. And it is. I mean, even in a corporate restaurant, it's it's a it's a regulars world. You build connections and relationships, friendships, um, and that's how you make money for yourself and whatever bar you're working at. Right. Um, so, I mean, I was at the point when I was at the, the reason I moved, I was at Applebee's for six months before they moved me to the bar. Um, the reason they moved me up is because that in a section waiting tables, I would only have three or four tables at once. Mm. And at a given time, at least half of my tables were people who asked to sit in my section. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, we just want those people to move to the bar and, you know, keep it more family oriented tables. So they moved me up. To bartending, and mm-hmm. I bartended there for three and a half years. That's so funny to think of. So it yeah. took like six months to get you into. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's so funny to think you had like three people, three tables in your section, but they were just there to see you, and they just wanted drinks yeah. and like maybe something to snack on. Well, <laughs> and this was back and just point. messing up all yeah. of Applebee's oh, numbers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I sold way more alcohol as a server than any other server. <laughs> uh, but this was also at the point where Applebee's was trying to transition. They just started staying up until two a.m. Yeah. They were looking for the nighttime crowd. Um, and that I transitioned from being a daytime bartender or nighttime Ooh. bartender 
because that was the necessity. Yeah. I, I wanted to get back behind the bar and that's what they wanted. Mm. They wanted night crowds. Um, bringing in night crowds is completely different than bringing in day crowds. For sure. Day crowds, it's like, okay, have your two beers and we're going to have conversations about everything and anything in the world. Mm. Yeah. Night crowds, you got more people on dates. Fewer people who, you know, have to go back to work. Yeah. So people are drinking more. They're partying more. It's less about the food and more, more about, about just hanging out. Hanging out long term. Yeah. There would be nights where half of my bar would be sitting there for five, six, seven hours at a time. And also have the responsibility of, okay, how much has this person drank? Are we making sure they're safe? Are they getting home okay? All that changes completely from an, you know, an afternoon of a couple beers. Yeah. yeah. You um, suddenly start watch. having to think more about the other re- responsibilities. The re- more about the responsibilities than just the entertainment. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was great fun. Like, we were we were right at the transition of Applebee's doing half-price appetizers, and they were doing dollar beers, and they really wanted to become a bar atmosphere. So we were <laughs> selling jello shots oh, wow. at the bar while, you know, other servers are singing happy birthday to 10-year-olds. Uh, <laughs> taking but, a few jello shots at Applebee's. I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> Those dollar beers draw you in. I mean, yeah, and, you know, <laughs> but the sales for the liquor at that time were just huge there. We were, I remember us consistently being on the, the tax returns lists. They report how many, how much taxes each bar and restaurant sells. We would be consistently in the top three or four as a restaurant yeah. because they were moving so much product. Um, and it was that was another different style of bartending, becoming a volume bartender, mm. knowing that you know there would be two bartenders working every, any given night, and one of us wouldn't even interact with guests at all. We would they would just, just be... stand at the service well and make drinks all night, and tickets would just pour and pour and pour mm. by the by the dozens. Yeah, oh, you're, just, you're not just serving the bar either; you're serving all the waiters. Yeah, you're making drinks for everybody at every single table. You put your little ticket on it, and the server yep. comes and picks it up. So doing that, I had to learn to be fast, and that was the difference between you know the family bar and uh, Chili's. All of a sudden, really just having to move product, mm-hmm. not not just talking to people, but really just becoming efficient. Make, make dozens of drinks an hour, just dozens, yeah. dozens, um, and that actually allowed me to transition to working in non corporate places. Mm-hmm. Very, very few bartenders can make that transition because in a corporate restaurant, your responsibility is just the bar. Yeah. When you move to a privately owned business, you know, there there are shifts at the bar I work at now, RTs, where there's just me and the cook working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if I have to clean the bathroom, I have to clean the bathroom. If I fix something and it has to be done now, it has to be done now. So the overall responsibility and attention it's completely different. Yeah, for sure. There's not, there's nobody else. That, I mean, it's a, just you. Now, I, of course, there are times where I will call the boss and say, get up here. Yeah. This is, it's this too is, crazy. This is, this is out of my pay grade. Yeah. I'm, I'm not oh, yeah. fixing and, this. And this is, I mean, the, the listeners know, we, we all work together. We all work together. Yeah. yeah. We all work at the um, same bar. Yeah. I've worked, I've worked plenty of shit with you where you poke your head in the back. Hey, here's 10 bucks. Go deal with this shit. Cause I'm not fucking doing it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, sure. Like fine. I, cause you're, you've got a bar top and mm-hmm. I, nobody's ordering food. I'm in the back. Just 
walking in circles. Taking her out, (laughs) hanging out, texting texting Aaron about how bored I am, and hey, here's ten bucks, go clean the bathroom. Sure, Sure. whatever. Like I'll do it. As opposed to somebody peed all over the floor. That's the worst one. It amazes me how many times that happens. It amazes me how many times it's the same person that it happens in my life. But uh, no, that uh, that's something. It it is very different from corporate to privately owned because I remember one time working at Edubs, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. For anybody who doesn't know the slang, yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, but somebody took a shit on the floor in the bathroom, and my boss walks up to me and says, "Hey, I need you to clean that up." I was like, "That's uh, I work in the kitchen." <laughs> <laughs> food technically it is cashier's jobs to handle and clean the bathrooms i'm not doing that and it just so happens all the cashiers are you know 19 year old pretty girls they don't want to do that they're not going to do it but i that's not my job and that's (laughs) what i thought hey that that ain't my job that that is in their job description clean bathrooms tough and eventually you know the manager ends up doing it and that i mean that doesn't fly in a private place. Your job is it's, what your boss tells you it is. It's yeah. But it's also like as I, many times as I've had to burn wells for Trey, right. you know, like I just, and I love it so much more working. I mean, we're, we're very lucky to have amazing owners yes. who, work, who work very hard. I've never seen somebody who's, you know, names on the wall, the bars named after Trey. Yeah. It's Rick and Trey's bar. Yeah. And when Trey he, has. he bartends, and he's the best bartender in the building. Yeah. Hardest working. He knows more people. He is brilliant. And that, like, that example makes me willing to be like, okay, crap, I will clean up the shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will, you know, and, and it's not just about making drinks. You know, I worked a day shift today and, you know, I have to check in orders and, you know, the liquor gets there and I have to make sure it's right. Yeah. yeah. If it's not right the next four shifts are messed up because we're missing something. Yes. So I I have to know almost stuff in a corporate restaurant that would be considered management level. Yeah. Um, ordering levels and, you know, where everything is and all the keys and all the processes and all the stuff that you think you would hate doing when I was working in a corporate restaurant. Oh, I never want to do that kind of stuff. But getting connected to the bar and being at such a great bar, it's like, no, I want to know all this stuff because it's going to help me make everything better. Right. Yeah. It's, it's going to help me make my shift better and the next guy's shift better and the next girl's shift better. And the machine runs smoothly. Exactly. It's, it's really interesting to me. Uh, like you said, you know, checking in order stuff that is considered management level. Yeah. I can say from my first solo shift in the kitchen, I got a truck order in. No, I didn't. I didn't know what the hell to do. I was like, okay, and I had done management at like lower, low, low management. I was, I got a dollar pay grade to be a manager at a sub shop, but you know, uh, that was part of my job, and it was something that I was like, this isn't worth it. And working in a privately owned place where you know that it matters, you know, you're gonna check in orders. You're, you know, obviously the bartenders are gonna write the checks, but it, it's interesting during especially during day shifts, there's not a manager there. And it, that's how it is at most privately owned bars. You're, you're your own manager. If, if you need something, call somebody in charge. Well, and there's a, there's a stigma to most people who 
go out for lunch or go out in the middle of the day. They'd rather be in a corporate place. Yeah. Because the idea of sitting in a quote-unquote bar in the middle of the afternoon when it's sunny outside and drinking. Has a bad stigma. It, it's got a bad stigma. Most of the yeah. regulars I have, it's not like a, a lot of them work nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they drink during the day because it's the same as them, you know, us drinking at 8 p.m. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's their balance. Or they'll come in for lunch, and if they're lucky enough to work in a business, they can have a beer mm-hmm. or two beers and then go back to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a responsible setup. But that stigma isn't there in corporate restaurants. People can go into a corporate restaurant, have lunch, and have a beer, and then go back to whatever their job is. Yeah. And it's completely fine. Yeah. So uh, what do you do for lunch? I went to Chili's as opposed yeah. to what do you do for lunch? I went to Artie's. Artie's. I went to Cool Beans. I went to, yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter yeah. how good, you know, <laughs> Cool Beans just changed their menu. They're still not going to get anybody who's not a student. Yeah. The day. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good your menu is. Yeah. Because you're a bar. You went to Fry Street for lunch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so. After Applebee's. Yeah. After Applebee's. Uh, um, let, well, we're not going to promote them. Yep. We're uh, not going to review them. We're not, but, but you went somewhere. I went. I went <laughs> um, when I was at Applebee's, it was great. I learned a lot. Um, but I knew that I was starting to not feel comfortable in corporate restaurants anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd just been at it too long. Um, I was tired of... The expectations that corporate set up. Yeah. Okay. Um, the number of times where a good bartender would get fired or moved for just purely corporate reasons. And it's like, man, this this person is really effective for your business. Um, and for, I mean, there was one guy uh, the day of the uh, Fort Hood shooting. Mm-hmm. Applebee's has a strict rule. Only sports on the TVs. Okay. And somebody asked our bartender to put news on the TV the day of the Fort Hood shooting. And in other circumstances, it had always been no, 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 no. Well, this bartender said no, and the guy who asked was a veteran, and he didn't like the bartender's tone. The bartender ended up getting fired immediately in the middle of the shift because he wouldn't put the news on, and the veteran thought he was rude. So for doing his job. But yeah, and that was yeah. like... I wasn't there. I don't know if the guy was rude or not, but I know it was policy. I know we're not supposed to put the news on, period. So that guy was fired, and he'd had a dozen years' experience, and he was a damn good bartender, Mm -hmm. and just blank, fired, just like that. And corporate did what corporate does and promoted the cutest, most attractive female on staff, Yep, which is... Oftentimes, a very smart thing to do. Um, there's money in sales in the sexism that is people who go to restaurants and bars. Yeah, yeah. No, there is. Men want female bartenders. Yeah. They do. But the second those men realize that they're not going to be able to sleep with that bartender automatically just because they're a man and she's a woman, they're going to lose that business because... That's the only reason they were there. Yeah, they're going to go find another bartender. Yeah, for the flirt. That's why. So I consistently work to build the relationship, build the attitude. But being in corporate that long, just dealing with that negativity all the time. Mm -hmm. And started looking to go into a private bar. 
And everywhere I asked, even RTs where I'm at now, they're like, man, we love you. You've been around forever. We know you. We don't know if you can transition to this. Right. You've been corporate for so long, and it is so different. So I ended up compromising and going to a bar that I absolutely did not want to work at. Mm -hmm. But I knew I needed experience. And that was... The one know, place. It was, a, it was a logical setup. Um, the and place was, we don't speak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was, it was, it was hell. Like the the owner of the bar was just completely irrational. He made decisions um, even worse than a corporate setup, just based on his personal opinions about what would work. Mm -hmm. um, and he was stuck in a early '80s mindset. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, um, it's a very PC the, way of putting it. <laughs> I, I like to call it, it, it was cocktail with way less attractive of a bar. <laughs> At the beginning, like when they were the club and the fancy. Yeah. Um, and that, that was his mindset, but that was not our cocktail at all. Can I hit pause here? Yeah, I think there's a pause, yeah. Um, so when I was ready to leave Applebee's and hit into private, one of the other main reasons I wanted out is because I just quit college. Okay. Um, and I knew, I knew what I'd wanted to do previously. I'd studied politics, um, but very suddenly that just wasn't, wasn't fulfilling anymore. It wasn't a real option. And I also knew that I did not want to work in corporate restaurants for the rest of my life. Right, for sure. Um, and that's why I tried to transition out. I looked for jobs at probably a dozen different, you know, privately owned bars, local bars. Um, and that's the, the great thing about being in a college town is there's so many of those. Yeah, yeah. You know, we have Fry Street, we have the Square, well, we have four or five different bars that are, you know, in their own neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, but I still, none of them would hire me because they were afraid of the transition between corporate mindset and local mindset. The guests have different expectations. There's so many more things that you have to do. Um, so I finally ended up at this crappy little place. Um, and I really don't want to name it because I don't like talking bad about actual, <laughs> actual businesses. It's not fair to them. Um, but the owner, the ultimate problem was the owner. Everything else about that place, I mean, it was you know kind of dirty. It was smelly. Um, the clientele wasn't, wasn't very attractive. Yeah. To the average bartender, it was very trashy. It was very dangerous. I've been there. I'm, um, I'm familiar. <laughs> I was actually, and it, you know, my friends and my regulars call me Big C, but the ultimate, I, I'd never had to really be aggressive as a bartender until right. I worked at. Mm -hmm. uh, damn it! I just said the name. And I well, well, we can beep it out. Yeah, we'll beep it. this isn't so, going on the air. This is fine. Uh, so, and I—I I mean, the ultimate. There was one night I was there, and somebody. Uh, there was a, an argument that was obviously turning into fight. So I'm jumping over the bar, and I kept uh, the butt end of a pool cue behind the bar, not to use to hit people with, but when people are fighting, I could come up behind one of them with the end of the pool cue drape it over their shoulders and separate the two people, pull yeah. them apart, and then I flip them around and put my body between the two fighters. Yeah, it's that kind of place where that's a thing that you need to have. You need to have that. <laughs> you you got to have that in your arsenal. Um, luckily, luckily, I had size on my side. But uh, this one night I was working, 
um, and a guy pulled a knife. Oh, five sh- five inch knife. Um, not something. Is that even legal? With. No. Yeah, I was gonna say. I don't think you're supposed to carry those. Absolutely not legal. And I <coughs> saw the knife, saw the knife as I was jumping over the bar. Oof. So instead of going for the separate the two, I literally just ran at that guy and I I shattered his wrist with that pool cue. But it, it wasn't an option. I had yeah, you to, had to. Yeah, I had absolutely. to do that. There's no way at that point once it's once the knife's out and they're squaring up against each other, there's no talking them down. Which no. is the preferred choice. Any bartender would tell you the preferred choice for ending a fight is to talk people out of fighting. And I've I've seen yeah. you do that before and it's you're you're one of the best in the business as That's, far as that goes. I've I mean, seen that at RTs where two dudes are about to come to blows and you just walk out and 30 seconds later they're shaking each other's fine. hand. Um, and it's impressive. And frankly, that's the goal because the <laughs> lesson you learn quickly working in a private bar, the second there's a fight, all sales stop. Oh, yeah. For an hour, your sales just dive. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to drink anymore. They're nervous. They want to go home. are coming. Yeah. They're not having fun anymore. There's a fear environment at that point, and you don't want that. So yeah. if you can end it quickly and quietly, that's your solution. But it, I learned how to... Both end it quickly and quietly, and end with force if I had to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, unfortunately, working at that place, um, A, the demands were insane. Uh, I was working 70, 80 hour weeks. Oh, wow. Pulling, yeah. pulling six shifts from you know 6 p.m. until 4 a.m., and then getting up three times a week to meet with the owner at 9 a.m. Yeah. Because in you had his, three meetings a week? Yes. Jesus. With me as the manager. I was... I was manager within six months of being there. Oh, wow. Um, and that was the ultimate reason I moved into management so fast. I really went there just to get experience. <coughs> but he couldn't keep a staff. Yeah. All of his managers, he'd have a manager, and they'd make it two, three months. Um, and he was just so tough on them that they couldn't make it. They, mm-hmm. you know, Nobody wants that kind of abuse, no matter what experience you're looking for or how much money you need. People will just find another job. Yeah. Um, and he was, I mean, verbally abusive to everyone. Oh, wow. Um, which is, I mean, it's the craziest way to run a business, especially a bar. Because yeah. whether it's your staff or your guests, the bar is really all about the atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely. And if you have a negative atmosphere, you can't, you can't keep people happy. Right. If you can't keep your staff happy, you definitely can't keep your guests happy. Yeah. Um, so, I was like, actually, that, that fight with a knife was one of my just break points. I knew mm-hmm. that I could not work in that establishment anymore. Um, and that's when I went to Trey. Um, and, Trey and you had a previous... Previous connection with Trey. Yes. Trey had been a bartender and a server and a cook, actually, at Chili's. We worked together for probably two to two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. Back in, I mean, when I started at Chili's. He was there when I started in, two, in the fall of 2000. Um, and... He looked at me, he was like, man, you know, and we, old friends, um, you know, every bar he'd ever worked at, I'd been a regular of, yeah. uh, you know. Hanging out with him. a talented bartender, and I hung out with him for years and years. Yeah, well, and Trey's never met someone but, that wasn't immediately a friend. Yeah. I mean, that's... Um, <laughs> immediately. That's his MO. <laughs> and when I walked in, it was funny. I walked in, I was wearing a nice shirt and a pair of pants, and he watches me walk in, and... I sat down at the bar, and he goes, when do you want to start? 
<laughs> I was like, I'm sorry? He's like, I've known you for over a decade. You've buttoned your shirt. You're not wearing a hat. <laughs> you want a job. And I was like, I absolutely want a job. Um, and I knew at that point, like having nine months of management experience, I could have gone to any bar in town. Yeah. But I wanted to work at the best bar in town. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to work with a great staff. Very lucky with our staff. We've got so much experience and so many people who know what they're doing. First job I've ever worked at where I don't have to worry about people Messy. being competent at their job at every point of the way. Yeah. People know what they're doing with us. Um, and that's great overall with the guest experience because guests see that too. They know that we take care of them. Um, but Trey knew, he's like, man, I want you to work for us. I know you've got the skills. Um, I don't have any spots open at all. So he offered me a job at the door. And I actually, <laughs> working at, it was so bad that I was willing to go from being a general manager to being a door guy, making minimum wage. <laughs> um, but it was worth it. I mean, I, I've been at RT's for three and a half years now. And it's worth every step of the way, whether it was lost money or lost prestige, so many other bars. I talked to people who work there, and they're like, "Man, you know you can come here and bartend right away." Yeah. And I was like, "Man, you guys are cool. We're friends. I want to work there." Yeah. Like that's I've, the that's the establishment I want to work at. I've uh. seen that. You know, you and me going out. We went anytime we go out anywhere that isn't RTS. Hey, so just so you know, if you ever need, no. you know, a job, you can come here. And just and you're just like, oh well, thank you. Yeah. Well, that's great. Thanks for that shot. But... <laughs> um, and that's also the beauty of small town bars. Um, even when I was at the restaurants, um, I met our other owner, Rick, when I was at Chili's because he used to do his, um, after they had their manager, weekly manager meetings, he would take his managers out to lunch every week. Mm -hmm. And about <clears throat> one week every other month or one week a month, they'd end up at Chili's. And at first, Rick was like, why do we go to Chili's, man? It's a, male, it's a male bartender. <laughs> and his bartenders are like, yeah, but he's a good bartender, and it's fun. Yeah. We don't need to look at titties every day. Yeah. That's fine. That's We're free online, if, yeah. if you're... Let's, anyone's <laughs> wondering. And <laughs> let's go hang out at a, at a fun bar. Um, and that's that's the ultimate... You know, I'm, I'm in my 30s now. Um, it's hard to be a bartender at my age. It's physically grueling it's exhausting the hours are you know they're tough there are times that i get off work at 4 a.m and i go back to work the next morning at 10 a.m mm -hmm. just because that's the way the schedule works if you work a day shift or a night shift it messes with sleep patterns and all that stuff yeah um i'm actually a little sleep deprived now and i forgot where i was going with that point <laughs> <laughs> understandable uh, <laughs> so you started at the door Mm -hmm. At RT's. I started at the door. Then I know you went to the kitchen. Yeah, I'd actually... I had never... Yeah, you trained me, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will give up on that joke and go with the fact that I trained the person that trained you. Yeah. So... By proxy, technically, yeah. Technically, you're like my foster child. <laughs> um, yeah, I... Uh, it was one of those things I, like... The whole point of being a manager and leaving that, um, I eventually want to open my own bar. 
Um, I would love to do that. I need more experience. I need to know more things. And I spent so much time in corporate where I didn't really learn anything. Yeah. Um, oh, you learned how to pour the drinks and talk yeah. to the guests. Um, there is no, like, once you know how to do it, you know how to do it. There is no moving up unless you want to go into management there. But management there, it's more about the kitchens and less about the bars. It's more about the servers. The bar is expected to run itself. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I knew that I could learn a lot from Rick and Trey and Lenoy, like Kevin. So many staff members that were at RT's when I started had so much experience. Yeah. Um, and I knew that I wouldn't care about taking the quote unquote demotion because there were so many new things I could learn from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was worth it. But <laughs> RT's is it's kind of a, a catch 22. It's such a great place, but it's impossible to move up. Because nobody wants to leave. Yeah. Nobody leaves. <laughs> <laughs> nobody quits. I've, um, I've been at RT's for three and a half years now. And there are seven people on staff, on a staff of 14, that have been there longer than me. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, I can't get more night shifts, which is where the money is. That's right. where you want to work. Because nobody leaves. They're never available. Yeah. Um, and I knew that the way to make myself the first choice when those shifts do come available is to be whatever they need. Yeah. Um, and when I was working door, they were talking and they really needed a new cook. And we had a new door guy coming in that they really liked. Preston, who they mm-hmm. convinced to leave a different bar. Mm-hmm. Um, he was head of security at their bar, and they offered him the same amount of money to just be our door guy, much less violent position, but Preston can be violent when he absolutely has to. Absolutely, yep. Um, even, <laughs> even better than I can. Yeah. Which is perfect. Because I mean, the dude's huge. I can, he, he, he waits for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does I, it, it does, it's maybe once a year, but he's, he's you, you can see it in his eyes. He's happy to do it when he needs to. It's like a coil, just always there, ready yeah. to spring. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I hated that part of it, and I still do. I, I yeah. hate the confrontation of it. I can go into the argument and fix it, but yeah. the fact that there is confrontation at the end, that's not my style. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when they were looking to bring him on, I was like, well, there's this opening in the kitchen. I can train for that. I'll fill that spot. Yeah. But I want the next bartender spot that opens. And they're like, well, we don't really. And I was like, I'll do this. I'll be happy to do it. I'll do it well. I'll work hard. Um, but I want to be... Cook but I want the next bar shift that opens. And that's how um, I, I got my first day shift. And I was working, there was a point where I was working one uh, door shift, one day bar shift, and three cook shifts a week. Oh, wow. And it was a weird transition um, doing all three things. But I yeah, learned, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, but once again, it was all about experience, what I, what I could learn. Um, and it was worth every second of it. Yeah. Now, I was very, very happy to transition out of the kitchen eventually. I um, bet. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you were, see? I'm the kind of guy, like, you know, I, I love to be the guy throwing the party. Yeah. Uh, in the kitchen, you're all by yourself. I don't yeah, know how you no... guys do it. <laughs> it's so lonely. Yeah, you That's don't the say. Part. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, I, I don't get to swap jokes and stories and 
you know, hear about people's day. And that's yeah. No, you hope a bartender walks through the door yes. and has a, something to tell you because yeah. otherwise you're just talking to yourself for yeah. six hours a <laughs> night. Even, even if they're pissed off, it's like, oh, oh, tell me more yeah. about it. What's going on out there? Yeah, my, my, fa- my favorite thing in the world is when Kevin gets pissed about something, throws the door open, and just says, not even to me in particular, just what just happened pretty much at the wall. And, <laughs> just and then I just know what's going on out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, that's my that's my favorite thing. Do you remember your first RT shift? Do I remember my first RT shift? At, as a bartender. As a bartender, I absolutely do. Um, it was spring training for the Rangers, um, and I was very excited. I was supposed to train mm-hmm. for that shift, and it was supposed to be my third day of training. Um, and training was very easy because I bartended before. Yeah, you already it was really knew. just learn, learn the computer system, um, learn, you know, because every bar charges different prices for everything. Yeah, just learn our way of doing it. Um, but the guy who was supposed to work, um, he had missed a uh, bar clean, which is where once a month we just scrub the bar. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. everything in the building gets cleaned in depth. Um, and he'd missed it, and he hadn't shown any remorse about missing it. So, so uh, right after that meeting, I got the call, hey, you're actually running this shift. Like, this is your shift now. Oh, shit. Um, and it was a Monday morning, and that actually, I still, you know, this is probably two, two and a half years ago. Monday morning is still my shift. It's been my shift ever since. Ever since. Wow. So you got that shift, um, and then you never lost that shift. Yeah, I never <laughs> lost that shift. Uh, which is a blessing and a curse because it's a Monday shift. It's, yeah. But at the same time, I've been able to build up regulars, build up attitudes, lots of, you know, a couple businessmen, a couple people who work at, you know, Acme Brick Company, you know, they get off their, you know, early, early morning shift and come in and hang out with me. Yeah. And it's, it's great. Um, and the, at RTs, it was tough. The first shift was hard because there were so many people I didn't know. Yeah. And that was new to me. Because I've been in Denton at that point for 13 years. But there are so many regulars at RTs that it's like, oh, man, like, this is so new. It's so many more people. It's it's a bigger scale of the connections that I made in corporate restaurants. Well, and so many people that aren't expecting to be asked what they're drinking. Yes, or what their name is, yeah. or to see their ID. Yeah. You know, by law, we have to ID everyone who comes in, they have to have their ID on us because we're a dry county. Um, but if you know the person and you know what they drink, you can stretch that law because you know that they're a member of the private club. Already. Well, all these people I didn't know, you know, and it's it's like all of a sudden they're talking shit to you. It's like, oh, hey, new guy. And I was like, look, I'm new, but I'm not new. New. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was very humbling, but it was fun. And, of course, I mean, with the attitude of our regulars immediately everything was just hazing. Yeah. Like, I was hazed so bad. Oh, yeah, they're just fucking with you at that point. They're just fucking with you. Ordering all kinds of weird shots, stuff they can't even pronounce. (laughs) Um, You know, and it's it's fun. And that's, uh, you know, all these, you know, guys that should be retired, um, single guys, widowed guys, guys whose wives let them have happy hour three times a week. That's our happy hour crowd, and those guys are just so entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're also they're also just brutal. 
the joke, <laughs> sort of. You know, if you if you can't roll with the punches and throw them back, they're not gonna like you. Yeah. Um, it's worth it though. It's fun. I remember the one door shift I've had. I got hated from everybody wow. who knew that I worked there, but they were just giving me shit. They're like, yeah, it's that new guy. I remember Jay was just like, dude. I'm going to test the boundaries here. <laughs> I was like, please don't. He's like, please yeah, don't. you better work. <laughs> get to it. Oh, yeah, the, the couple door shifts that I've worked, and I mean, I'm not I'm not the door guy. I just got I got a phone call. Hey, we need somebody. Hey, we need a body. Yes. And, you know, it was like Cowboys season last year. Playoffs. Oh, yeah. Caleb was working that night, so mm-hmm. I got a call from Illinois. Hey, hey, we need somebody sitting at the door. Can you do that? Like, sure. What It was a noon game. Wow. So I showed up and I was carting people, you know. Oh, you don't know me? I'm in here all the time. I'm in here all the um, time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, my, my favorite, and I still get this sometimes. People, you know, I, I ask for IDs if I don't know you. Yeah. Yeah. That's for just sure. absolutely. It's that's just the way to do business. It's the law. Yeah. <laughs> um, and people are like, oh, I'm in here all the time. I've never. Why are you asking for my ID? And I'm, I look at this person. I'm like, I. I politely in my head or if I say it at all I work 35 hours a week at this bar I've never seen you I've worked here for almost four years I work 35 hours and I spend about 35 extra hours here anyway and I don't know you yeah you're getting carded (laughs) but at the same time my job is to make people happy so most of the time I don't even say anything I say it in my head yeah. yeah. Um, sure, I'll take care. Of, like you know, I'll I'll take care of everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's the goal, and that's the the beauty about RTs is it's such a great relationship. Whether it's owners to staff, owners to regulars, staff to regulars, um, and that's why you know. Three months after I started bartending at RTs, I came out, and I knew I was gay when I was a teenager, but. Mm-hmm. Because I, I had studied politics in college and I wanted to be in politics, I made the conscious choice to stay in the closet for a very long time. I was in the closet for 14 years. Yeah. yeah. And that transition, it, it kind of got to the point where I was part of the reason I was still in the closet, even after I'd given up on politics, was I'd been in debt in so long. And I had so many relationships and so many friendships that I was used to hiding that part of myself. And the transition to, wow, I really like I really just want to be me. And I hadn't been being me for so long. Being at a place that was so loving and so there was so much respect amongst all the staff, it was almost like I felt guilty that I wasn't being honest. Yeah. Like without realizing it, the great situation guilted me into coming out and into being myself. Um, and that transition, it was. I, it was beautiful. I was very lucky. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Just dealing with, you know, the best part is, is immediately um, to make me feel more at ease, it, it became a joke. But the jokes were never, you know, brutal. It was never hateful. Um, both the jokes were like, we knew this a decade ago. <laughs> like, seriously? Seriously? You think this is a big deal? <laughs> I, mean, I, I knew the day I met you, and and I, I thought, mean, oh, for years and, and years. And you were out, but I mean, you're you're not a guy that throws yeah. out, hi, I'm seeing I'm gay. Yeah, but, it's not I mean, I, I knew the day that I met you, and somebody told me, like, yeah, you know, huh. see, he's gay. I'm like, yeah, duh. Part, <laughs> part of that is because it's not, it's, 
I don't believe that defines me. That's not no. all that I am. No. I'm not that simple. Um, but also at the same time, <laughs> I'm a bartender at a straight sports bar in North Texas. <laughs> um, Oklahoma I, is 20 minutes away. <laughs> I, I can connect with anybody, but not everybody can connect with me. Yeah. Um, and I still need their money. I need to pay my bills. <laughs> um, so the fact that immediately um, all the staff was just wonderful. But the regulars were so cool about it. It was like their extension of Oh, wait, this... Okay, whatever. Like, it was a surprise, and then, sure, however it works. Done. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the joke started, and it's perfect. Now I'm expected to have a good gay joke every time I work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, crap. But, and it's a lot of these people that we work with and work around, especially the regulars, most of these people don't know any gay people. So their expectations of me are way stereotypical. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I love you guys, but I don't really go to drag shows. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I put rainbow glitter in my beard, but that's about the gayest thing I've done in a decade. And that was for a contest. And that was for <laughs> a contest. It's not just for fun. And you got, what, third place? I got third yeah. place. <laughs> so it worked. It, it didn't hurt that my beard is, you know, six to eight inches long, but <laughs> putting a bunch of glitter on it helped a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Well, see, thanks a lot for coming by. This was this was great. I mean, we've known you for a long time, and we've glossed over a lot of this stuff. But it was good to go in depth. Yeah, it was good to get get a narrative of it as opposed to piecing together a puzzle. It was it was fun to think about it and pull it all together for you guys. It's it's worth it for all of us. Awesome, thanks, man. Inaugural episode. Appreciate you. Awesome. I'm your pilot. Yeah. I just shook your hand like people are watching us. Yeah, yeah I know. We both all did. <laughs> all right, so that was our interview with Big C. Uh, excuse a couple interruptions, and hope you liked it. Yeah, uh, if you enjoyed this, you know, think C sounds like a cool person, swing by RTs, or just go to your favorite bar and ask your bartender about their life or if you already know that bartender and their life go to a new bar and meet some new people uh hope you guys like this we had fun doing it classes up let's that's the dive cast we're done yeah there'll be more coming hopefully <laughs>